What's up, guys? Brett Apley here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks on the Mayo Media Network. We have UFC 273 this weekend, Volkanovski versus Jung, the Korean Zombie. We also have Jan versus Sterling on the card, Chamaya versus Burns. It should be a great event. There's a ton of prizes up for grabs across the industry. As always, I'm going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and my fade of the week from a DraftKings perspective. And before I do... Make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, and comment below who your favorite play is in the 7K range. I think there's a lot of live underdogs on this slate, and I think picking correctly in the 7K range could help separate you from the field. I'm going to give you one of my favorite plays later, but I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. Without further ado, let's get into the picks. I'm going to go with Alexander Volkanovsky. At 9.5K for my cash game play of the week. All right, rolling with Volkanovski here at 9.5K in cash games. I, I think you can kind of stack up this top range. Obviously, Chemayev's a great option. Peter Yan's a great option. And prioritizing one over the other is maybe, um, you know, picking straws. But I think Volkanovski is the safest of the bunch, and I feel most comfortable with him. He is currently the heaviest favorite on the card at minus 700. And he's just very difficult to beat in, in any area of the game. His striking metrics are very, very strong. 6.42 significant strikes landed, 3.34 per minute absorbed, 60% defense. He can wrestle. He averages 1.7 takedowns per 15 minutes, defends at 70%. We know he has great cardio. He's got finishing ability as well. And... I think he's quite likely to beat Zombie, whether it's by knockout or or over 25 minutes. I'm not as convinced in his tournament-winning potential. I do think there's merit to targeting Jan or Chemayev ahead of Volkanovski in tournaments. But, I mean, you just go through Volkanovski's record. He's never lost in the UFC, 136 in a decision, 103, 94, 83, 102, 107, 130. He, he's very unlikely to kill you. Whereas Chemayev, I, I think there's a chance, you know, I'm picking Chemayev to win, but there's a chance that Burns looks great and can finish him quickly. I think Sterling could make that fight competitive. So I just feel of the three, Volkanovski's the safest. His betting line's an indicator of that as of now. He also has multiple ways to score. He can strike in volume. He can land takedowns in volume. He can get a finish. He's plus 170 inside the distance. That's not fantastic, but... We don't need him to finish necessarily um, to put up a big score. And like I said, coming off a five-round decision over Brian Ortega, in which he did put up 136 points. So I like Volkanovski this week. I think he's probably going to edge out the striking, land a couple takedowns, and win by decision. I'm comfortable playing him and using him as my cash game target of the week at 9.5K. Moving on to tournaments. I gave you an easy one for the cash games. This one is going to be... Not a dart throw, but but a crapshoot. I'm going to go with Jared Vandera at 8.1K. And it's a crapshoot because he is in a 50-50 fight with Alexi Olenek. And a fight that I'm really not confident he's going to win. Um, Vandera is not the greatest defensive grappler. And when he gets flattened out on his back, he is a liability to be finished. I definitely think Olenek can take him down and finish him. I mean... Vandera's coming off a loss to Andre Olovsky, but prior to that, he was taken down five times by Romanov, TKO'd on the ground. 
his loss prior to that, taken down by Spivak, TKO'd on the ground. So Olenek is a great tournament target too, one I will have exposure to. But I think he's going to be a lot more popular. At least early in the week, I'm projecting Olenek to be more popular than Vandera. And that's why I'm trying to give you a little bit of a sneaky target here. Because, of course, everyone wants to play Volkanovski. Of course, everyone wants to play Peter Yan, Chemaev. You, you have to get different somewhere, even if it means taking risks. And in a 50-50 fight, if Olenek truly does come in more popular, then I, I think Vandera is a, a great tournament target because... Yes, he's not the greatest defensive grappler, but he is very, very big, and he can throw strikes in volume. And when he hasn't been finished on the ground, I mean, he knocked out Hunsucker in the first round on the Contender Series. He landed 121 significant strikes over Justin Taffa in a decision. He still landed 70 significant strikes over Andre Arlovsky, who likes to limit engages, uh, exchanges. I mean, Alexio Linick is is f like 40 let, let, let me double check i know he's at least 40 years old but he's pushing uh 44 years old he's competed 76 times professionally and he's starting to wear down obviously from an athletic perspective in his last five losses um, he's been knocked out in the first round three times. Granted, by good competition, Walt Harris, Alistair Overeem, Chris Dawkins, but I wouldn't be shocked to see him knock out again. And so this somewhat is a binary matchup where maybe Olenek does just take Vandera down quickly. And if he does, maybe he does just TKO him on the ground quickly. But in a scenario in which Olenek can't get the takedown quickly, and this fight does play out in the feet, Vandera, I think, has early knockout upside. Like I said, the fight is pretty much a pick em. Olenek's Olympics minus 115 currently. Vandera minus 105. Olenek has a better inside the distance line at plus 125, but I also think that's going to drive ownership toward his direction, potentially rightfully so. Vandera plus 165. That's still a great number for 8.1K. This is a fight that I'm going to be investing in in tournaments. If you like the Olenek side, that's fine. I think he has tremendous upside, but I think Vandera will act as leverage. I think he does have an early knockout path to victory, and as the lower-owned fighter potentially in this matchup, I don't think you should be ignoring him either. So Vandera at 8.1K is going to be my tournament play of the week. Okay, moving on to my salary play of the week. It is going to be Marching Tibera at 7.6K. It's in another binary type fight, another fight that I think you could target both sides in tournaments, though I will be much heavier on the Tibera side this time. He's plus 132 to win. I even like that number from a betting perspective against Jair Rosenstroik, who has a chance to knock Tibera out quickly. If, if Rosenstroik wins... It's very likely to come by knockout. He's an excellent kickboxer, a dangerous striker. He's already knocked out six opponents in the UFC. So he's dangerous. And Tybura has been hurt several times. Tybura was knocked out three times in the span of four fights in 2018, 2019. So Rosenstroke might actually knock him out quickly. Like I'm not trying to exaggerate or play both sides. That's just one of the likely outcomes in this matchup. However, I don't think it comes at as high of a percentage chance as the public does. In part because Rosenstroke is so, so dependent on that knockout. 
He's never won a fight in which he hasn't knocked his opponent down. He's never won a fight by decision. He does not throw strikes at a high rate at all. He's averaging 2.8 significant strikes landed per minute, absorbing 3.07 per minute with a 45% striking defense. That, that Those metrics are really, really poor. Tybura, I mean, at the very least, might be able to strike enough to stay alive so that he can then look to his wrestling. He's averaging 3.6 significant strikes per minute, absorbing 3.44 per minute, striking defense of 54%. He's not a better striker than Rosenstroke. He's not more likely to win by knockout, but he does throw punches at a higher rate. His defense is better, and that could help him. That gives him another path to victory at the very least. But what I like about Tybura is that he's also an excellent grappler. He's averaging 1.5 takedowns per 15 minutes, a black belt in jiu-jitsu. His last two wins were ground-based finishes against Greg Hardy and Walt, uh, Walt Harris. Rosenstruck may not be as bad as those guys on the ground, but he's not great. He's defending takedowns at 75% officially, which is good but we just saw him get totally manhandled by Curtis Blades. Uh, gave up three takedowns on six attempts, gave up six minutes of control. Tybura can wrestle, and Rosenstruck does not pass the eye test for me. I don't like his wrestling. I don't like his scrambling. I don't like his jujitsu. It's very, very likely that Tybura can get on top in an extended fight here, and if he does, it could lead to a finish. It could easily lead to a win. Um, and you can look at Tybura's history and think... For example, he landed zero takedowns against Alexander Volkov in his last fight. That is a concern. But I actually think that fight was a positive because, yeah, he didn't land a takedown. He attempted 16 of them, though. And he just, Volkov defended them well. But, like, if you tell me is attempting 16 takedowns on Rosenstruck, he's going to get a lot more than zero. I can promise you that. So I like his... I still like the fact that he's willing to wrestle, and if he's willing to wrestle again against Rosenstrike, then that's half the battle. Um, I also like the fact that he simply survived. Volkov's a dangerous striker. Tybura went three rounds with him, lost, but that gives me some confidence that he can survive at least a couple minutes against Rosenstrike. And from a DraftKings perspective, 7.6K. I think he's a very good option. He has grappling upside, which very likely should exceed value in a win. He's only a short favorite at plus 130. Decent inside the distance line at, well, actually, it's not that great, plus 410. But I think perhaps it's better than the odds indicate. I am very willing to take a chance. On Tybur at 7.6K, he will be my salary play of the week. And finally, my fade of the week just because I, I don't know where else to go, I'm going to give Raquel Pennington at 8.9K. That's probably not a shocker. But I will say, you know, picking out a fade, uh, picking out a fade in these top ends are, are tough because they're all favorites. They all have some path to winning inside the distance. And they're all going to be low-owned. So even if I give out these plays that are fades, I mean, if you're playing 150 lineups, it might still make sense to target them. And like we, we saw with Alexa Grasso last week, she was my fate of the week. It was hard, really tough to prioritize her. No one really played her. I mean, not just me. She was like 8 10% owned. And she won by first round submission and ended up in the optimal lineup. So it doesn't mean these fighters are terrible plays. It's just they're not. It's really tough for me to buy into Pennington over pretty much every other fighter priced 8.6K and above. Um, she is minus... 
let's see, 172 against Aspen Ladd. Um, but she just doesn't produce offense at a high rate, and, and that's really the concern. I mean, she's averaging 3.6 significant strikes landed per minute, one takedown per 15 minutes. I don't think she even has one single knockdown in her entire UFC career, which spans two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, fifteen fights. Um, yeah, she can land a takedown or two, but on this particular slate at eight point nine K, it's it's just really gonna be tough to beat the likes of Jan Chemaev and Volkanovsky. Um and I don't think there's reason to target her over the majority of other options in this range. Her inside the distance line, I'm assuming, is really poor. Let me double check that again. Plus 425. It's just not spectacular. And the thing is, even when she does win inside the distance, which happens, she's not putting up these massive scores. She's coming off a second-round submission win against Chasson, and, and she put up 93 points. 93 points at 8.9K on this slate probably isn't enough. So she really, really needs 100-plus points, and I'm just not that confident in her. Prior to that, she put up 75, 95, 71, 78, 77. She just doesn't flash upside that often uh, in a matchup against Aspen Ladd, who, you know, is, is not the greatest fighter in the world, but just went five rounds, defense takedowns all right, competent enough striker. I think you can easily pick Pennington to win, but it's going to be really hard for me to invest in her on DraftKings at this price. So she will be my fade of the week. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you so much for the support. You can follow me on Twitter, at BrightAppleyDoubleTWP, DailyFanMMA.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns needs. Got multiple podcasts up this week. Really long breakdowns. Uh, posting ownership projections Thursday as well. So make sure you check that out, dailyfanmma.com. Subscribe to the ch uh, to the channel, like the video, and again, comment below who your favorite play is in the 7K range. Best of luck in your contest this week, guys. Take care. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.